Hello and welcome to your favourite podcast, The AJ Roberts Show. Today's episode is brought to you by AJ Roberts Insiders World. Join our growing online community where you'll get exclusive early access to podcasts, weekly community online calls, weekly group meditations, special guest speakers in a private uncensored members forum. And I'm giving away a free seven day trial. Just simply visit www.insiders-world.com today. Hello again, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another edition of the AJ Roberts Show. Today, I am here with my lovely friend, Arvi Esther, who is a medicine woman who lives in the woods. So I've come here today um, to just kind of explore where kind of Arvi lives and what she does. Um, as you can see here, we've got this delightful refreshment in front of us as well, which is made up of amazing things straight from the woods. And I wanted to do this episode to just basically help highlight um, a lot of the, the, the natural world that has become very much missing from our societies and kind of like withered away. So and just try and help people gain a bit of understanding, a little bit more knowledge to create that reconnection and um, just explore actually what's out there that can actually help us uh, on a day-to-day basis medicinally, um, but also as a as preventative message so we don't suffer from dis-ease. Um, so firstly, Arvi, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. Um, but for the benefit of the, uh, the viewers and the listeners at home, um, is like to just give a bit of a background about yourself and how you kind of came round to like being in this kind of arena, working with um, all the stuff that you do? Sure. Well, so my journey started when I gave birth to my kids. And it started there because both of my births were pleasurable. And the second one was inordinately orgasmic. And um, I had a moment where I was sitting uh, in one of those antenatal classes or, you know, meetups with all these other moms. And it was just trauma story after trauma story after trauma story. And by the time it got around to me, I felt like I couldn't say, it was an amazing experience. I would give birth all the time if I didn't have to take care of so many kids. But, you know, and that's just... How do you say that to a room where the experience is, well, at least we're both still alive and I have my baby. And, and, and I, I don't mean to belittle that in any way, in any way, but there was just this sort of crisis point where I thought, okay, what happened to me? Why did it happen and how can I teach it to others? And that was my beginning point. Um, and from, from there, working at that point a lot with homeopathy and creative healing massage, which is a adaptation of Reiki for sort of um, to help assist with the way the body moves with birth, the emotional body, the physical body, the mental body, because it's uh, a very transformative time, you know, when you grow a baby in your body. Mm. It's very transformative. And um, I trained as a tantric practitioner because to understand the core energetics of sex is the foundation to understand the core energetics of birth. They're connected through a continuum separated over time. And and so with that training and that knowledge and continuing to work with herbs and homeopathy and um, different kinds of ozonated oils, working with really incredible people like Dietrich Klinkhart and, um, um, oh gosh, I forgot his name, the homeopath of... Um, I guess he's now King Charles. I was gonna say Prince Charles, but he's now King Charles. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but I can see his face. 
um, and other sort of teachers along the way to help with myself and my family, I kept sort of growing tools and growing understandings of how our biology, our energetic body, our neurobiology, and um, the different tools and practices to heal trauma all fit together. Mm. From then I went into a training that was specific for the rewiring to prepare for an easier pleasurable birth called uh, the birth into being method. And that was uh, created in uh, Russia in the 1980s by this really crazy shaman guy who was brilliant and crazy all at the same time. And uh, that led me sort of deeper into understanding how we rewire ourselves. What are the really basic spaces of altered states of consciousness meeting our biology with the way that we feel? And how does that transform our lives? How does that transform our bodies? How does that transform all relationships? And then um, from there, I started to, to meet with a lot of different people who hold solutions for societal issues mm -hmm. from law and finance and architecture, food, water. I mean, we all know the problems on yeah. the earth. And the one thing I started seeing in all these different interviews and, and meetings with people was that every time somebody talked about an issue they had, mental, emotional, or physical, if we were in their home, I would notice when we were walking out the herbs, plants, weeds that were growing, and I'd kind of be like, huh, okay, well, they've got nettle growing in that bush. I wonder if they're having these kinds of issues. And I started noticing such a, a pattern there. Somebody would start complaining about Japanese knockwort. I'm like, you know that that's an incredible radiation detoxifier. Mm. You know, are you having these symptoms? And they'd be like, I am having these symptoms. I'm like, well, why don't you go pick that herb and, and just, you know, see if it helps. And so I, I developed a theory, which I haven't done anything with, that the earth will always grow our medicine. Mm. If we take the time to look, yes, and but we don't because we're too distracted. We're so busy outside of rushing this, here, rushing there, getting dinner on for the kids, getting you know, answering the emails, answering the messages. Oh, I'm exhausted. Let's turn on Netflix. Like you know, we're we're just busy. So when I moved here to this cottage in the woods, I actually got really sick. I got really really sick. I was getting migraines that were putting me in bed for like two weeks out of every month. And it just took away my ability to be in life. Mm. And, um, you know, people were like, oh, go see the doctor, get on the triptans, like, you know, the, the different medications for migraines, which they don't even understand the causations of. And, and, and I was like, oh, okay. And, and they weren't working. And, and then I really, like, remembered myself. And a lot of what was going on inside me behind the migraine was parts of me trapped in trauma, mm. trapped in the past. And not like, I'm, I'm stuck in the past, I can't move forward, but just somatically pieces that, that were inside me that I wasn't able to shift through. And that's what was behind the migraines. And I didn't know how to shift through them. And then I heard, the earth grows your medicine, Avi. Go pick your medicine. And I started um, 
it started uh, with meditating under the yew trees at Bolton's bench. And the yew trees told me to go find my mushroom teacher, which I thought was super weird. Uh, and I was like, maybe I'm going insane. I'm hearing trees talking to me. I mean, you've always heard trees talking to you. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, those kind of funny conversations with self. And then when I went to pick up my uh, kids from school, I heard someone call my name and I thought it was another parent. And I turn and there's this mushroom, Amanita muscaria, the, the classic toadstool with the red and the white mm. spots, like beaming at me from the ground. And there was no people. It was just this mushroom. And I had a moment of like, did I really hear that? What? is actually going on right now. And I went and picked up the kids and then I had a lot of shame around the idea of picking a mushroom I don't really know in front of the other parents and what's going on. And, you know, that was like the entry point to this deeper relationship, which I now have with the forest. And um, the story goes that um, when I came back the next day, I was like, I'll pick it if it's still there and it wasn't there and I felt disappointed. And so the next day, the kids and I were on a walk uh, on a hill fort in Burley and my son started doing this weird dance movement mirror thing with a deer and my daughter and I kind of like squatted down to like watch this anomaly where my son's like doing these weird kind of movements and then pausing and staring at the deer and then the deer is doing the kind of movements back to my son and it was all bizarre and it went on for like five minutes which is a really long time for that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And then the deer suddenly just bent down. And so we stood up to see what the deer was bending down to do. And there was like 20 Amanita muscaria fruiting, like right there. And my daughter just went, oh, it's the mushroom. Because of course I told him about the whole experience. And the deer just kind of like picked its head up and like frolicked, like skipped and danced away. And we went and picked uh, about seven of these uh, fly agaric mushrooms and at that point I had no idea what they were about I just knew I needed to pick them and that um, the most sensible thing would be to to dry them on a low setting and then figure out what to do next and that was the sort of entry point for me um, in that that bridge between receiving the medicine that grows all around me and then the next step from that was um, learning about turkey tail mushrooms. And between turkey tail and Amanita muscaria, within about three and a half weeks, my migraines were down to like one a month for maybe a day or two. Really? Yeah. Well, was, there, was there anything in particular that, that would start the migraines or was it just literally moving? Um, tr different migraine triggers, so my gut was definitely um, having foods that were too rich or that I couldn't metabolize well was definitely triggering mm. migraines, like I couldn't have Indian food or anything was too rich. Mm, starchy and... Um, it was, it was like, it was more like, um, let's call them poor quality meats mm. and like really like anything like tomato based or very heavy Mm. Uh, sauces. Yeah, a lot of processed crap as well. Yeah, well, mm. even if it wasn't super processed, because some of those those curries aren't super processed, but they just have very rich mm. um, sugars and and uh, spices mm. in them that I just I couldn't metabolize. I just couldn't digest it. Um, and the, you know, without 
without, because I have a pretty good diet anyway, but without needing to change very much, just consuming first the turkey tail tea with the Amanita muscaria um, in a microdosing capacity with the Amanita muscaria and um, a full sort of tea um, extraction or water extraction with the turkey tail. Um, like I said, minimized it incredibly. And then when the dual extraction of the turkey tail was ready, which is alcohol and water-based, um, within three months my migraines were gone and I get a migraine. Usually if there's something I don't want to look at, maybe three times a year, mm. if that. Mm. Yeah, and it's always an emotional trigger. Um, Usually the case. It's always, for mm. re now it's always an emotional trigger um, mm. that is something current that's triggering a deeper or historical trauma. Yeah. And. I, you know, I get that now, so really I just take it as a holiday and a duvet <laughs> day and I get cuddles with my duvet and I, I just go in and I, I, I dive deep and process it. And yeah, okay. I, have a, I have a similar thing in terms of like if I hold on to too much emotion or not so much trauma, but it's like if I swallow too much negativity and emotion, like modern times, current times in terms of like loads of just constant barrage negative information, you know, everyone's sending you links of this, links of that. Yeah. And if it becomes a bit, gets a bit personal, and oh, I see stuff happening with my own family, I hold it here in my stomach, mm. and then I start getting stomach aches and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I've come to a be very noticeable of it and mm. acknowledge that, and b you know know how to get rid of it. So, but again, modern people just don't know how to do that. And they don't, yeah. A, they don't know how to acknowledge that they're holding either trauma or lots of negativity and. Um, you know, a lot of ongoings in their life, and they don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah. Because they're so people are or so distracted. Let the energy flow. Yes. There's, there is a a lack of emotional intelligence mm. being taught. In a similar way that the social intelligence that we're taught is based on these ideas that outside people outside of us want us to conform mm. to some of which help society to work and some of which is just control mechanisms that mm. they're teaching us. And when we talk about body intelligence, where is that being taught? Mm. So really we're just, and I, you know, I, I say this lovingly, we're all just kind of like kids who haven't been taught. Mm. So how, how, how do we know what's going on if we're constantly relying on other people and not seeking the information ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of uh, medicinal qualities and things like that, obviously I'm sure the people watching and listening at home will be um, very intrigued into this lovely beverage that we've got in front of us. <laughs> the, this tea. Um, so let's talk us through like, the concoction that you've uh, put together here. <laughs> sure. If I start speaking Russian in the next half an hour, guys. Um, you won't start speaking no, Russian. Нет, нет. Um, so here I've made us uh, Amanita muscaria, turkey tail mushroom, um, there's raspberry leaf, elderberry, uh, sweet archangel. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's really nice. Yeah, of course you can. Um, I'll be putting this uh, in the show notes as well guys so you can actually get an idea um, of the, the ingredients and the contents. I mean like I could grab all the different things, they're all on my shelf right there. <laughs> but you know, the, the, and then there, there are some other herbs in there. Um, Tastes amazing, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's um, 
that the thing that tastes really nice is the hibiscus, tulsi, and elderberry uh, herbs that I mixed in there because they love the flavor mm. and they're high in vitamin C and yeah. you know all medicinal. So. Yeah. And, and um, when, when we talk about medicinal things, and uh, I've, I've, done, I've said this in a couple of uh, videos on social media and stuff, I think people get kind of uh, the, the misconcept between medicinal and medicine. So it's like, that's not like... You mean medicinal and pharmaceutical? Yeah, yeah. So people like sometimes <laughs> put them in the same bracket. So like it's medicinal and then medicine, pharmaceuticals. It's not like you're, you're prescribed medicine and pharmaceutical to try and relieve symptoms or... Nothing cure, no pharmaceuticals cure it, but like relieve symptoms of a or, or an already disease. Yeah. Whereas like medicinal is more like preventative from. It can also disease. be curative yeah. of symptoms. But in general, I mean, like yeah. if, if, we're, if we keep on top of our natural health using medicinal things, like yes. the chances of you even having a disease in the first place are very slim. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you'll know what to do when yeah. you do. You know, get under. I get under the weather sometimes. Mm. You know, but then we all do. Yeah. Um. I, when I say medicinal, my perspective is that, as you've just said, that it, it, there's compounds in there, vitamins and minerals and um, uh, alkaloids and uh, polysaccharides and flavonoids that help our body to operate well. Mm. And so if we become unwell, then those the same tea will you know help the symptoms to alleviate the symptoms like for example amanita muscaria has a, a bronchodilation effect which means uh, while having very high vitamin d and anti-inflammatory properties so you put those three together if you have any kind of respiratory distress that's going to ease it it's going to ease it quickly because it has all those compounds in it mm. now, if you don't have any respiratory distress those compounds are still good for you. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're not going to hurt you in any mm. way. They're going to also help to rid your body of any in inflammation. It just won't necessarily be in the lungs if there's none there. and mm. It'll go other places because there's other compounds that do other things. So you highly recommend this for chain smokers then? Um, not this brew. I would add mm. mullein to it and I would add ashwagandha. Mm. So, yes and. <laughs> <laughs> every smoke analysis like that. What, what did you say? What Write it mean? down. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff that you've got in your shelves and stuff like that, um, I mean, you, 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 have, you pick a lot yourself as well as acquire a lot yourself yeah. or procure a lot yourselves. Um, for somebody who's like just starting out, who wants to learn a bit more about like the foraging side of it, mm -hmm. so actually, what, what sort of like plants would you suggest that people look for and, and start beginning to pick and explore? That's a really good question. I would say... As long as you don't live in front of like a major road, because you don't want the, the petrochemicals that will be in, in your herbs. Um, but if you live somewhere moderate that doesn't have a high yield of traffic, mm. um, go and see. I mean, maybe not. I'm looking outside and there is, there's frost covering the ground. So I'm like, well, maybe not today. But, um, you know, just go and look and see what's growing. So if we looked in my garden right now, do you see that fennel plant that spontaneously started growing between the cracks? Yes. What is fennel good for? Fennel's good for digestion, it's good for um, calming anxiety, it's really great for circulation. Fennel, right? I apparently needed fennel. There it grows. Um, if you look on the log there, you'll see turkey tail mushrooms growing, you'll see artist conks growing, you'll see poly uh, giant polypores growing. 
they're all just growing there. I mean, yes, there's a reason why they're growing there, because I, I work with all these medicines, so the medicines are growing, but you'll find in your yard, naturally occurring, the, the plants and mushrooms that are likely your medicine. Now, start with the easy things to identify, like when spring comes, the dandelions come up, everybody needs dandelions. Mm. Yeah, they're so good for your liver. Now, what is the organ that processes all the toxins mm -hmm. through you? Exactly. Your liver. Mm. So start with the dandelions. The dandelion, water, dandelion tea, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 And if you if you're very ambitious and have a, a shovel, get the root out and have some dandelion. And that's root. and that's the problem as well is that like um, mainstream have kind of bastardized the uh, the dandelion to being bad for you part as a weed and stuff like that. So you only have to look at... Gonna... <laughs> I'm like, who's saying dandelions are bad for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like uh, if you go into a supermarket and you just look at the weed killer, all, every weed killer's got a picture of dandelions on the front. Oh. Um, so it's kind of like their class is a, a, an amazing plant in the wrong place. Yeah, and stop using weed killers. Yeah. Don't, don't do that because you're just poisoning the rest of your garden. And which means your um, food is medicine. So any foods you're growing will that that'll wash into them. Because everything's connected underground. Like every blade of grass is like connected. All the roots, everything is all connected. Yeah, it's, it's the, 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 the wood wide web is is around the world. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the plants and the trees um, network through the mushrooms, the mycelia, mm. and and the they send nutrients to everybody and everything mm. so it, it is a, a wood wide web i love that that's great mm. yeah and it, it's um, and again it's all part of that like um us understanding how deep our connection is supposed to be as humans like just like all the plants and trees and everything on black because yeah. we are nature aren't we we are i mean we we are of the earth just as everything around us is of the earth and the earth is made of the elements mm. so all the same things that you see outside of you are inside of you but organized in a cooperative way that makes you uniquely you. Mm. Um, the the sort of, I mean, one of the underlying premises of all religions, without going into the dogma and any of the stuff, but the underlying premise of all religions is that we're all one. Mm. There's one God. Mm. Even even the polytheistic religions, where there's multiple um, variations of deities or different attributes or personalities or aspects of that deity self premise of all religions, even the polytheistic ones, is that we're all one mm. and that we're all one with source mm. or whatever the God we imagine. Yeah. And and so the the as within so without premise is that everything that we see outside of ourselves is a reflection of that which is within ourselves. And that all of nature is a fractal representation of the one mind or the the, the oneness. Mm. I mean, it gets quite fun and cool because you are a person and I am a person, and yet at some level we're also both one. Mm. And so this living dichotomy, which is quite tricky to wrap our heads around experientially at least, is is sort of the the sort of fun spiritual path of reconnection and the cure for separation sickness. Mm. And, and everything that creates dis-ease in our world is because we forget that we're connected. Mm -hmm.
connected with ourselves, connected with one another, connected with nature. And we, and we bring a lot of it on with our own mind, don't we? So we almost like manifest our own illnesses and stuff like that. So um, I, I, a prime example, you know, uh, one that I see a lot is people of a certain age and maybe have a couple of underlying comorbidities, may go to the doctor and the doctor said, your heart, your, heart uh, your blood pressure is getting a little bit high. And then so the person leaves there going, I've got high blood pressure. <laughs> you, you know, so, yeah, so yeah. they start like literally manifesting. That happens all the time, you know. Yeah. I've seen it so many times with my own family. Um, and it's the same as like if a, I see a child gets a bit of a sniffle, so the parents straight away is like, you've got this, you've got that. So then yeah. the, car, the child thinks they've got it. And then it just makes the illness even worse, or the disease. See, I would argue, and it's not even an argument, but it's a, it's an and, it's an mm. addition, is that it's actually the emotions driving the illness. Yeah. And it's the thoughts that are creating the worry and the distress, mm -hmm. which is causing yeah. the emotions, which are driving mm. the illness. If the person walked away from the doctor's office going, okay, I have high blood pressure. Do, 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 do. Oh, look, that's fun. They wouldn't get sick. Yeah. They wouldn't get sick. Um, even if it sort of popped up again, oh, maybe I should, like, watch out for that, you know, maybe not eat that third piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. But if they go into the emotional spin, that's when they get sick. Yeah, yeah. If they go, eh, it's okay, I'm okay, and mm. off they go, they're not going to get sick. Yeah. It's, it's the same uh, could be said towards things like pain as well, isn't it? Because we're... we're Every individual has a different perspective of pain, don't they? And levels Definitely. of pain. There's no sort of like there's no measurement of pain, is there? To a, a, a generic level, everyone's completely different. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you get in an ice bath, for example, like if you focus on the stabbing pain in your feet, your feet are going to hurt. Yeah. But if you sort of kind of close your eyes, listen to your own heartbeat, and block everything mm. else out, the, you don't feel the pain in your feet because you're focusing on and being centered, aren't you? Mm. Um, well, the 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 pain and pleasure are mm. the same receptors. Mm. So anything that causes you pain can also potentially cause you pleasure. Mm. Um, I mean, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but that, that's, a, that's a whole rabbit hole in and of mm. itself. Um, so what, what causes pain to increase when we resist the pain? So if you get into the ice bath and you're like, <gasps> and your whole body goes like this, it's going to keep hurting. But as you just said, if you can relax and soften and focus on something which feels nice, and soften and sink and open into the sensation, the sensation eases and you don't experience it as pain anymore. Mm. It's the same receptor sites, but mm. it starts feeling different. And, it, you know, it's a spectrum. So, you know, often people don't go straight from pain to pleasure. They go through a gradation of ease. Yeah, but all of it is about softening and, and, and allowing instead of contracting and disallowing. Mm. One is an action toward connection, and the other is an action toward disconnection. Yeah. To just to be super simplistic. Um, in terms of uh, sort of like clientele, because you work with a lot of people, sort yeah. of like individually or families and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what's the um, from a medicinal point of view? What's usually like the the, the main sort of thing that you see sort of come through? You know, come into your inbox or the sort of the request that you get. Oh, I mean, I get a, I get a lot. Um, so, I mean, currently there's, um, it's quite a lot of people talking about um, looking for alternatives for neurodivergence, mm -hmm. 
uh, within themselves, so people who identify either diagnosed or self-diagnosed with ADD or ADHD or executive function disorders or, you know, it's, there's a long list of titles we've given to neurodivergence. Uh, so there's a number of those people. I have a, a handful of people with migraines um, who, again, they've looked through the whole medical path. They've tried a few different alternatives. Um, and there's so many different angles that you can approach that, you know, from, from posture to gut to um, looking at uh, stuck traumas. Uh, you know, that's, that keeps going. Um, I also have a lot of people who are looking at embodiment work, mm. so how to uh, allow their highest self to embody in their physical form. And instead of, because there's many different sort of, um, let's call them medicine pathways, um, and some of those theories uh, and, and traditions are about um, abstaining with the body so that you this, this is not your body mm. you know this is not the body you are looking for you are really this this consciousness and yes that's true but it's less fun than saying yes this is my body and i am this consciousness mm. and what would it feel like for this consciousness to fully inhabit this body could i just lose those extra pounds that aren't shifting just by allowing myself to fully come home mm -hmm. both ways and so there's a number of people who I work with like that the majority of those people either um, are utilize practices that I teach them or they uh, work with some of the, the plant medicines that I that mm -hmm. I work with the, the entheogenic ones because that really helps to really get into the body and to have these epiphanies that um, sort of are the rocket fuel for transformation. Yeah, it almost opens up a gateway for uh, like what they can achieve, but they were kind of blocks behind. And yeah, and gives them something that they can experience and then model. Mm. And we humans, gosh, with our mirror neurons, and when we get that neuroplasticity going again, modeling is the most efficient way of teaching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and it's not that I'm specifically teacher or that you're specifically teacher, Ultimately, they're teaching themselves, and we're just guides to get them there. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, the, in essence, the whole thing, isn't it? And different capacity slightly, but just get showing people, like, what they're capable of and who they are and, and getting them remembering, you know, what they're all about. Yeah, offering them experiences mm. of who they are. Yeah, and, that, you know, that's what um, very much was the point of my course I just ran. Yeah. You know, um, for the people that were on it, it was just like, and, and like we mentioned before, like, you know, I'm very happy and... Uh, my role in in all of this, uh, as you are, medicine woman, you know, <laughs> uh, um, uh, and, and that's what I guess makes it such an enjoyable journey in the in the in the physical form. You know what I mean? It's just like it, it's fantastic when you find that, and oh, you yeah. can see that you see the impact it's ha having on so many people. Um, not just people that did the course, for example, but even people to follow the channels and the shows and the guests that we have on and, yeah, and what, what each little bit brings. Even, so all those people who are on the course all have people that they're connected with. Exactly, yeah. So the ripple of the, you know, 111 people, that's, let's say everybody knows two to five people in their lives. You've just affected that many people. Mm, yeah. And then their people and then mm. their people and there's a whole mycelium network of connected humans which... Mm will be benefited by this ripple. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And it's just a case of, uh, I guess, fully acknowledging that, you know, everybody can, no matter where you see yourself, can create a ripple effect. Yes. You know, I had a conversation this morning with somebody about this. So even the people that have been to protests or anything else that, like that, or mm. been on a roundabout with the yellow board, you know, they are having a big impact. Yeah. Because someone with a yellow board is trying to show someone a danger about something. And then all those people that see that, then yeah. see all sorts of ones that are on the roundabout with this yellow board and it said X, Y, and Z. Mm. And that affects someone, and that affects someone, and that affects someone. So yeah, yeah it's massively powerful. Um, but I think um, one of the, like, uh, I guess the subjects, because you've got very, two very different worlds in our realities at the moment, you've got Big Pharma mm. and you have natural health, homeopathy, all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen the contrast between the two, you know, in full flow, especially the last few years. Um, but a lot more people now are, um, actively exploring, you know, mm. psychedelics and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess down the lower end of the spectrum, I mean, you look at the medicinal benefits of cannabis, for example, mm-hmm. which is an ancient natural plant that's been on this uh, longer than religions and everything else, and you know, yeah. been around for a long time. The mushrooms are older, though. Uh, well, in the mushrooms, yeah, the mushrooms are older. <laughs> um, but like, obviously, with, with, with the cannabis side of stuff, they, they, I mean, they legalized Canada in. Uh, cannabis in places like Canada and America and stuff like that. In Canada and parts of America. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, from and what... they didn't legalise, they decriminalised. Yes. Canada legalised. Yeah. But America has not gotten... But it's, it's, it's making that fine balance between, like, using the plant for its purposes... Yeah. And then just being absolutely mashed off your head every day, just, like, non-stop. Sure. Um, but, but that's true for everything. Yeah. You know, the, the, what, what, what you're talking about is relationship. What is your relationship to that plant? What is your relationship mm. to food? What is your relationship with yourself? What is your relationship? If you move out of balance and out of honor and out of respect and out of integrity with any of your relationships, there will be some form of suffering. Mm. So if, you know, you're working with cannabis and it's a powerful medicine, when it's used in integrity, you know that 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 that's about your relationship with this healing herb. Now, if you take that out of that healing relationship and that moderate use into something that is abusive, you're now no longer in your integrity in relationship with that plant or the plant spirit. Yeah, because they do have sentience, you know, very much so, and. And so it's like, okay, well, if you realize that you have made a mistake with a friend, what do you do? You make amends, mm. right? So this is true whether we're talking about cannabis or whether we're talking about food, you know? We have to eat food in moderation or we have problems, yeah? We have to eat the right foods in moderation or we have problems. It's the same, it's the same thing no matter whether we're talking about um, non-psychedelic herbs, psychedelic herbs, uh, foods, taking walks, exercising, everything in life we have relationships with. Mm. So how are we in relationship with life mm. and all the things in it? I think a lot of people are turning toward adaptogenic solutions because people are tired and sad from the disconnection they feel with themselves. Mm. And there's a, a great thawing from a numbness 
and a waking up from that numbness and people reaching towards something which is a little bit more gentle and easy to relate with. A plant is easier to relate with than a pill. Yeah? Mm. We know that if we, you know, talk to our plants and make sure we water our plants. Make sure you water your plant, Avi. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> the other one's got watered. Um, you know, and, and you take care of it. And when I go to water that plant, you know, I'll talk to it. And I'll be like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Blueberry. <laughs> and you know, I, I, you're behind the curtain. It's winter. I didn't open the curtain. I forgot to water you. Here you go. And I'll sing it a song. And then it will feel better. Mm. And it will bloom better. And for all of you who love your plants, just surely you talk to your plants and maybe sing a little bit. If you like to sing. And you notice they grow more. Well, it's all vibration, isn't it? Yeah. Well, everything is vibration mm. at the root of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, I mean, it's it's documented very much so, isn't it? Like about like either singing or talking to plants creates uh, like an increase in you know how it develops and stuff. Like that. Mm. And what the providing you're not shouting research, and screaming. At yeah. So the research um, by that Italian team where they took electrodes to the plants, and they actually they would. They, they, they took electrodes to the plants and they put it into um, some kind of transmitter so that it was making these strange noises. And then they would like talk to the plants or like say things to the plants and the plants would respond. Mm. And they would actually change the sound they were making according to what was being said. Mm. So there is actually quite a lot of research about the sentient communicative nature of plants. Mm. Um, and you're quite right, whether we're looking at the research with the plants or like um, Emoto's research with the water, we can see that what we say affects the molecules around us, yeah. affects the, the, the water and the plants and the world mm. around us, which is why we should say nice things to our water. Yeah, exactly. And it, well, I mean, and it affects how we talk with each other because, mm. uh, and, and that's how, uh, that's even where the music side of things comes in, you know, but mm. the... Uh, they did did their test, didn't they? Where they played um, certain frequencies and they create like perfect geometric patterns with the water. Oh, you're you're talking about cymatics. Yeah, yeah, cymatics. Yeah. yeah, and um, and then they played like really like hard heavy metal and stuff, like that, and it looks all distorted and yeah. brown and like ugly yeah. and you know and things like that. So that just goes to show you how powerful vibration holds within the voice and what power it actually has. But yeah. then what that can actually do to somebody's psyche and thoughts mm. and stuff because of the vibration of the words. Yes. So it's not just the sound or the, the language that you understand, it's actually the vibration it carries as well, yes. isn't it? Yes. Have you seen the video where they, they layer um, vibrations to create three-dimensional objects? Yes. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That one gets me more so yeah, even yeah. than the cymatic shapes. Yeah, because it just goes to show you it all fits in and how geometry is like part of everything and somatics like uh, as everything we created yeah everything is consciousness which includes the somatics to go in, into it you know on that premise that would mean that our earth and everything within it is being held together by someone singing to us mm. I kind of like that there's probably loads of people watching the podcast going oh, I swear I can hear people singing in my head all the time <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're not crazy. Yeah. Uh, Have some tea. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously, like, ca cannabis has such, such uh, amazing qualities. I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, my own eyes, the, the benefits in terms of being used for long-term illnesses, um, 
short-term illnesses, even like sort of microdosing sort of level to uh, um, for focus, clarity, like all that kind of stuff. You know, is that, that I've seen seen it for a long time. Um, but I mean, I, I guess from there, people then who want to con- uh, maybe deeper connect to releasing deep traumas. Uh, or connecting to to a spiritual side of things mm. tend to go then go down like the ayahuasca and the mushroom route, don't mm. they? Um, obviously, there's shamans and stuff all over the world that run like ayahuasca events and stuff. I know loads of people have experienced ayahuasca. Mm. Um, what's uh, what would you say is the one of the main reasons that people go down the exploration of ayahuasca in the first place? That's a really good question. Before. I touch into that. There's um, there's Mayan grandfathers and grandmothers who actually run Santa Maria uh, ceremonies. That's cannabis, and so there's extractions of cannabis where people do the same thing that they do with ayahuasca, but with cannabis. And I tell you what, it's it's intense. It's different because you're not purging, but um, the that same heart connection, detoxing, body clearing can also happen with cannabis as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that because there's so many people who go and experience an ayahuasca um, ceremony and then proclaiming all of the benefits that they have, that they're feeling afterwards, um, and the popularity and visibility of specifically ayahuasca, uh, leads people who want to experience that kind of magic, want to have a shift, want know that there's something more than what they feel trapped in and just want a shortcut out. Um, or have tried maybe meditating in one way or another way and that doesn't suit them and don't realize there's like a whole cornucopia of different kinds of meditation, yeah, active yeah. and passive, mm. moving and still. And... and, and and so I think that there, there's a bit of a, of a zeitgeist around plant medicines right now. I think there's also a large contingency of people who are really suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And um, the, the causations of that are life, you know, and, and the... the the, the military complex complex and the industrialization schooling that we're in and these sort of lacking of having elders who are really showing and modeling the way to gracefully navigate life and the the plant medicines and when I say plant medicines I'm going to expand that so that the psychedelic world from ayahuasca and um, psilocybin and Ketamine is, is also a prescribable um, uh, psychedelic uh, and people are they're also using MDMA and LSD and there's a lot of them that are used being used for therapeutic purpose depending on what the individual mm. is wanting. Well, a lot, a lot of uh, military troops in different countries have been treated with like low levels of LSD and, and yeah. things like that for PTSD. LSD, psilocybin, mm. and ketamine mm. for the vets. Mm. And, and um, in, I don't remember if it's Washington or Oregon, it's just because I know so many people there, I can't remember which state, but they're doing MDMA trials for curing um, specific types of PTSD with the vets. Wow. Yeah, and t- with a lot of success. Mm. 
Um, and of course, there's there's contraindications for all of these different things. Some it works for, some it doesn't. Like if you gave me MDMA, I would have two weeks of depression, and it wouldn't be worth the benefit of that. So I wouldn't. I would not be a good candidate for MDMA mm -hmm. therapy. Um, whereas other people can have MDMA therapy and finally get that reconnection, finally find that forgiveness, finally have these experiences that their the, the limitations of their knowledge and experience weren't allowing them to have because it opens up the neuroplasticity of the brain. Mm. Why is ayahuasca so popular? I think it's really just the zeitgeist of it because there are so many people going down to Peru mm. and coming out of Peru and, and the rainforest area offering ceremony and it's become a zeitgeist. Mm. My perspective, and it's not going to be super popular, so I apologize if it offends you in any way. My perspective is that the entheogens for your brain grow where you live. So what what grows here, right? Liberty caps grow here, azurescens. The, the, there's, what, three main types of psilocybin that grow out in this wood, and all along England, Scotland, and Ireland. Um, and whales, of course, whales. Um, and that's that's medicine for a lot of people. Mm. Does that mean you should abuse it? Absolutely not. Does it mean you can use joy or celebration as a method while using it? Definitely. Joy and celebration are hugely medicinal. Who doesn't feel really good after a party? Mm. But to go and like get like totally wrecked off your face and like black out, maybe that's not the best, you know? Like maybe the, the bring in and infuse in that intentionality. And, and really any experience can be a ceremony, yeah? When I, when I cook, I set my intention, I set my vibration, I, you know, hum a song, and while I'm chopping my vegetables, I'm in ceremony to prepare this meal yeah, and then when I eat the meal, that's the completion of the ceremony. Yeah, we can add intentionality to anything. You can go to a rave intentionally. And well, you're putting your you're putting all that positive energy and the intention into that food. Uh, I talked about on the course with the nutritional side of it. Yeah, so trying to cook and make stuff from fresh as much as possible. Mm. You're putting your attention, obviously, attent ion. Ion is energy. Uh huh. All right. So intent ion. You're putting it in that energy into the food that you then put into yourself. Yes, yes, or your water, or your whatever. Mm. So this applies everywhere, right? When, so what, what, are, what are the other things that, that are medicinal that grow outside of you? Do you need to journey to these other lands, which is totally fine and absolutely fun, and I'm not talking shit against, but I'm just saying that there's what you're seeking is always seeking you and always right in front of you. Mm. We just have to change the lenses so that we can see it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, and I, I, I guess um, if people have never had an ayahuasca experience or really know anybody who's had an ayahuasca experience, their only experience of somebody talking about it might be someone they follow on YouTube or Instagrams oh. and all the rest of it. So they've seen them go to Peru and thinks like, oh, that's what you need to do. Um, so, they but, don't realize that DMT grows all around us. In yeah, fact, yeah. in this country, there's probably about 40 plants that grow DMT, and then really you just need a 5-MeO inhibitor, which is what the vine is, 
then you combine a plant with DMT and a plant with F5-MeO inhibitor and you have your soma, whether that's ayahuasca because you're getting that from the jungle or um, uh, a different sacrament like the Eleusian Mysteries. Um, I, I believe that they were using uh, acacia with Syrian rue. That's an ayahuasca brew, you know, not the vine from South America, mm. but the acacia tree and a bush that grows the 5 amino inhibitor. You put that together, that's a really powerful ayahuasca-like experience, but without snakes. So you don't get as many of the snake motifs, but lots of light, and it's same, same, but different. It activates mm. DMT. Mm. And... and, and um, turns off the enzymes that uh, make it more difficult for you to experience that DMT because you're not breaking down those DMT enzymes molecules, you're absorbing them and letting them move into your mm. body. Um, St. John's wort is also a 5-MeO inhibitor. Um, just thinking like what are the 5-MeO inhibitors that grow here in the woods and like this is this is the kind of question if that's the route you want to go down mm. you know where are your local medicine people what are the local mythologies like mm. where's your connection to the earth mm. where's your connection to nature and your nature right mm. well it makes total sense because then you're making that whole journey your own aren't you and uh, you're owning it rather than again you're just giving everything to somebody else, I mean, to try and facilitate and do all of everything else. Like, if you, like, journey, create that journey yourself. Yeah. You know, and start... But I don't I don't actually recommend somebody journeys by themselves for the first time. Oh, no. Don't, <laughs> no, no, I don't... I, I, do I mean, I mean, <laughs> over their whole sort of journey. Um, yeah, especially, especially live on a fourth floor of the balcony or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. So everyone's on their, their individual journey. They've got to make what works for them. But, like, what, what's their relationship to nature? Like, obviously, it often depends on where you live. Yeah. Um, or do you like to travel a certain way to be by the beach or, mm. you know, and taking in all the... Or do you feel most at home in what element? Yeah, yeah, exactly mm. that. Um, so, obviously, with... Um, there's a, uh, obviously a difference between ayahuasca and things like psilocybin. Um, yeah. With psilocybin, that obviously there's a form of mushroom that obviously people need to have facilitation and. Well, I oh wow, the sun just came out. That's really pretty. Um, people don't need to have facilitation. Okay. People feel most safe when they're trying something new to be facilitated. If you wanted to experiment with psilocybin, which is broken down into psilocin in your body, which is what activates the DMT, or the, the um, serotonin, which creates the psychedelic experience, you could start by just having a microdose. So if you went out and you were actually able to identify what a Liberty Cap looks like, because they do grow abundantly all over the place. Um, you know, you, you know, you start with like a, a fraction of a gram. So, what like point one? You start there, and just see how you feel. You probably won't notice anything, but it it takes that edge of fear away. Mm -hmm. Obviously, do your research and like know what you're doing, and don't just like, yeah, because that's the, the the that's just silly. 
It's just acting out of integrity with yourself. Mm. So act with love for yourself and act with care and wisdom. And, and then, you know, you just start slow and then you, you, you have maybe 0.25 and then 0.5 and then 0.75. And just notice, like, how you're feeling. Now, with psilocybin, at those levels, that's, that's okay to, to do like, the, like that for a few days in a row, but then you have to pause to let your serotonin reset. Um, and, but it, it's just ways that you can ease yourself into it so that you are building the relationship with the, the mushroom or the herb. If you don't feel comfortable with that, if your fear is too much, then or you, you want it faster. Impatience is a huge motivator, right? Mm. Then find a facilitator, have a conversation, feel that ease, feel that space where you're ready to engage and build the relationship. You don't need a facilitator if you have the willingness and the courage to facilitate yourself. Mm. And the knowledge, you have to have that knowledge piece with the intuition to facilitate yourself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's massively important, and um, it's. I mean, as a, as a facilitation point of view, um, I mean, there's lots of great retreats around, isn't there? And yeah. I mean, you're often doing things around the local area, yeah. um, and you often go to the Breckens, don't you? Oh, I love the Breckens. Mm. Um, I'm I'm running Amanita Muscaria Tantric Touch Ceremony um, on the fourth, in alignment with Imbolc. Imbolc is the the welcoming of spring. Yeah, and um, uh, we'll be running that like I said on the fourth, and so that will be like an all-day thing. We'll be working with a similar kind of tea, um, and then using different kinds of tantric practices to connect in with self and others, and then moving into touch. And that will be where where, uh, where are you holding that? In Glastonbury. Oh, brilliant! And there's a the Avalon Rose Temple, which is a, a big house in Glastonbury, and um, and can people find that on your website? A little bit later, maybe by the time you post this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm getting it up on the website. The flyer is done. <laughs> awesome. <Rbester> .com. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to find. <laughs> and um, so, like, obviously, the, the the journey you're going on with all your stuff now, you've got amazing clients. You know, you're doing such great work. You're in a really great place. You're getting plenty of travel to uh, offer travel and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Where do you see you taking this, the work you're doing now over the next sort of 12 months? Oh, this year is so exciting. Uh, so there's a couple of projects that I, I have on. Um, I've started a collaboration with um, uh, some people who are teachers of the Vadra path, which is a tantric Buddhism, um, because they're looking at... Um, you know, longevity elixirs. So what are the elixirs that fit in with the, their practices? And that's really a very exciting um, uh, space to be in conversation with because we, we get to dive into like super ancient mysticism and look at different recipes that are left as um, um, things for us to find in, in statues and reliefs and all these kinds of cool things. And then um, there's a, a psychedelic retreat center in Jamaica that I'm a facilitator for. And then um, there's the, the workshops and the, the different offerings that I have. And then there's also um, 
a collective that I'm, I'm working with who are looking at building community and retreat centers. And um, that's really exciting because to be able to take this work and apply it into a space where people can come to uh, really maintain their well-being. Mm -hmm. And if they even begin to feel the, the edges of disease, have the tools to be able to heal themselves before it gets too bad. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot happening right now in my world and it's very exciting and, and there's more invitations than I can say yes to. Um, and all I can do is just keep um, staying present, staying in my practices and seeing what keeps unfolding because every time something unfolds it's bigger and better than... But it's because you're, <laughs> you're doing the good work. Like, and so the, 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 literally the universe is working for you. Like, just like you're saying, like, the medicines you need grow in front of you. Oh, they literally grow so, like right there. So the opportunities <laughs> you need are presenting themselves in front of you. Yeah. You know, as I, I witnessed before we hit record. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's. it's oh yeah, with the call. Yeah, so I said, so, <laughs> and awesome. I said the same's been happening to myself and uh, other very close friends who kind of just just staying in their lane, like adding that value and just like just just being the authentic self. Mm. It tends to come around in abundance like that. Do you know what I mean? And then a lot of it, there, there is some good manifestation involved. You know, there often is, but it's because we're shaping those realities that we want, isn't it? Like, yeah. And um, you know, but doing things like what we're doing, just having tea like this, and, mm. and which is wholesome and good for ourselves, mm. good for our bodies, good for our minds, and just keeping like trying to keep all those chakras open and clear and just like our daily you practicing. don't have to stay open clear yes yes yeah but knowing how to open and knowing how to close yes. knowing when it's so good and right time for you to open and knowing when it's a good and time good and right time for you to close mm. and and having choice over for for me what i would say is that in every situation that arises the question i have is what is the path of ease what is the path of peace and where can I apply more compassion to myself and to, mm. to others? And because I keep, because I get angry, I get triggered, like stuff happens and I go, what? Ew. Ah, you know, and it's like, okay, here I am. Do I want to stay here or where can I understand what's going on here and find somewhere that I have clear boundaries and I'm compassionate and I'm in a good space and I can just send love and light. Not from a denial space and this is a really clear distinction i'm not in denial of anything that sucks mm. i'm fully aware of all the stuff that sucks but what perspective am i choosing to look at it through what is my lens mm. and where does it fit within the natural world where is it a mirror within myself and where can i just give myself a little bit more love if i'm finding upset with it and then I'm I'm back in a good space again, mm. and 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 I am of service. And then the messages come in, and there's more messages than I can res I can respond to. Mm. You're you're creating that magnetism because you're being your authentic self, but your best self, and that's what pulls everybody in, and yeah. like draws everyone to you. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's what I was saying to all the guys that just done the course. You know, like it creates that ripple effect, and you become beacons of light. And you know, if you keep shining, people. It, it, I've I was saying to you before, like a lot of people who have shied away from me like a year and a half two years ago or delete me on facebook you know <laughs> suddenly like coming back in and like yeah i actually want to chat to us or what you actually were showing us was right yeah. um you know and, and but it's not about that but again it's but they're seeing 
that I haven't changed my lane the whole time. Mm. I'm very much staying on course and showing people like, A, what's going on in the world, the dangers, but how you mitigate them yeah. and what you can do to improve your life outside of this crazy propped up control matrix that they yeah. want for us. How to start making your own matrix. Exactly, yeah. 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 Or tuning in to a more coherent matrix, which is, which is what I do with my, my five wisdoms practice. Mm. The, the the elements, you know, so if instead of putting the focus and attention on the corrupt matrix or, you know, the one that's not working, there is a coherent matrix in nature mm. and and whether that is a imagining, imagination is so powerful, imagining that I can breathe my energy into the roots of the earth and travel along the courseways of the mycelia, or whether I breathe myself out through the branches and travel along the causeways of the wind, I'm saturating myself in the matrix of nature mm. and revivifying and regenerating and filling myself up with the energy that's all around. This is a much nicer matrix to tap into. There's so many other matrixes, and you can build your own. Mm. So, again, what are the tools that we get to use to empower ourselves, to know ourselves, and be in integrity and coherence? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, I love it. No, you're absolutely, absolutely bob on. And, again, society has just kind of moulded people into this perpetual hamster wheel of just doing the same stuff every day to prop up all these different control mechanisms, you know what I mean? Yeah. These people just don't, haven't, a lot of people haven't come to realise that is their everyday life until it's like, have, a crisis. I have a crisis, I have no money for myself, sudden illness, yeah. a lot of it's usually stress related, you know, all this kind of stuff, um, relationships break down, um, it, it isn't until something actually happens in that matrix that people actually start paying attention. Yeah. So I guess um, that's what a lot of the main aim of my podcast is to show people those mechanisms that are there mm. like trying to do this to people yeah. to me. basically highlight what those you know the, what those booby traps are basically yeah. in this little war we find ourselves in on the people mm. um but i want to thank you so much for taking the time out to share with uh, me and the audience today at your very place. very welcome uh in the woods in the woods um, with all the robins jumping around us have you seen yeah, so i keep casting my corner of my eyes i keep going like this um it's they absolutely really look when we started they all came in yeah yeah they yeah. want to be part of the show <laughs> yeah. i mean even they have it guys even animals want to be part of the age of show now oh they're so happy um, so where's the best place for people to come and find you and a bit more about the work you do on social media or okay well i'm really easy to find if you type in aviester a-v-i-e-s-t-h-e-r um, that's me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Clubhouse. I do weekly um, rooms on Clubhouse where I share quite a lot of information. And then, of course, my website, which is aviester.com. My email is very simple. Send me some love. Love at aviester.com. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you can sort of reach me through any of those mediums. Um, I do post everything that's going on on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so, you know, it, as long as you type in on the Esther, you should be able to find me. Amazing. Yeah. Well, guys and girls, hope you uh, enjoyed today's show. Um, I love talking about subjects like this. Um, the more natural world we're exploring, um, you know, the, the, the bigger that sort of like understanding and appreciation is getting like worldwide at the minute. Because as we're seeing so many 
sort of fractures in different parts of society and lots of systems collapsing all around us, which is great. You know, we're seeing people like leaning in towards like more natural remedies, like natural food, like non-processed stuff, like wanting to gain an understanding of it, wanting to be outside more, mm. understanding like what grounding's all about, understanding what plant-based medicines are all about, mm. you know, and understanding what it is to be very much part of this earth. Um, not just a little, you know, robot going along to pay, pay their taxes every day and just keep that hamster wheel spinning. Um, yeah, and, you know, that's what we want to try and educate people on, like, to not go down that path, because that's not what we're here for. Um, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please give it a share, please give it a like, um, and I will see you very, very soon, once again, on the AJ Roberts Show. Thank you so much, AJ. You're welcome.